Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning. My name is Howard Wright, and I'm glad to be with you today. Appreciate you joining us. It's a wonderful day over here. I trust it is for you. We want to talk to you and and uh, tell you that we're uh, going to be talking about knowing your enemy. And this is one thing that we really need to do. You know, some people say it, it doesn't make any difference uh, whether you know it or not. Um, says that what what you know will not hurt you, but the truth of the matter is, it will hurt you. And so, what we want to do today is give you the information that you need to know about the enemy of your spiritual life, of you in general. The Bible tells us that the the devil is as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he is also talked about as an angel of light. So these two things is the way the devil comes to us. And no one is exempt. Everyone is up for the devil's destruction any way that he can. He hates the human race. The devil is our enemy. Sometimes we think, well, this person or that person is the enemy. The only way that they would be our enemy is if they're siding in with the devil. But we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, as the Bible tells us. But we wrestle with principalities and powers in high places. And the Bible refers to the devil as the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the children of disobedience. So if we're disobedient to the Lord, we can expect to be open to the devil to be working through us. Most people just do not realize the situation at hand, and the devil likes to keep us in the dark. The, when we talk about wickedness, we talk about darkness. When we talk about Jesus, we're talking about the light. So... If we're in the dark, if we don't know, then we're an open prey to the devil. And we stand back and we wonder, what's going on here anyhow? I'm just uh, being fine. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And it just seems like everything is going wrong. Now, we know that in the, because we're human, some things can go wrong just because maybe we didn't have a good night's rest or uh, we had a bad day at work or uh, we got up with a cold or with a flu or something like that. And I'm not talking about those kind of things. Those are normal. Those are things that will happen to you whether you're a Christian whether or whether you're not. But there are things that the devil will do to you to deceive you, to lead you wrong. And we find this happening in so many things today. So many people are being led wrong 
because they don't understand the enemy. So that's what we want to talk about is understanding the enemy. What is he doing to us today? How is he trying to trap up and destroy? I have a couple scriptures here that might be of help. One of them is in John 8:44, and that scripture says, um, You are of the father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. One of the main things that we see here is that the devil is a liar. A lot of the things that go on today are based upon lies. I think about the creation account. The Bible is very clear in Genesis 1 and 2 that God spake the world into being from nothing. He just spoke and it happened. You read especially Genesis 1 and you will see this. But as we have the lie that says, no, it just came into being, that the universe is is eternal. And because of that, uh, it's just been kind of creating itself all along. And that's a lie. That is not the way it's been. That's not the way it can happen. If you know anything about science and the second law of thermodynamics that they talk about, you know that there is no way that anything could just come into being. It has to be created in order for it to start. There has to be a starting place. And as you look into science, you can see without a doubt that the Bible creation account is a far better explanation of what we have all around us than the evolution thing is. There are many lies like that and Why would the devil lie about creation? Well, if God didn't create us, then we're not responsible to him. And some will even go to the extent to say that there is no God. But I don't know of any one that talks like that when they're in a foxhole. The Bible tells us that the heart is deceitful and the devil can play on that because there's sin in our lives. The devil can play on these sinful things that are in our lives and can lead us astray. So the Bible says that he's a murderer. He kills things. He'll kill you if he gets half a chance. He's that kind of a being. He's not a good person. He's not a good individual. The devil is a fallen angel. The devil was in heaven. He was one of the archangels in heaven. And he loves to try to make everyone else fall. So that's what he's doing. He's he's murdering every way that he possibly can. He's trying his best to get us away from God and get him get us to worship him in one way or another 
So these are the activities that the devil is doing. Everything that is destructive, that is harmful to our existence, comes from the devil one way or another. It can also come from sinful people that are full of pride, but for the most part, these are lined up together. The devil has a trinity, just like God is a trinity. The devil is also a trinity. There's the world, the flesh, and the devil. The flesh is our sinful life before we turn to the Lord and give our lives completely to the Lord. We we have a sinful nature. That's the flesh, and that is lined up with the devil. The Bible t- tells us that the flesh is not subject to God, and it can't be because it's enmity against God. The world is the people that are not serving God. It's the world system that is outside of God's love and grace. So we have that that is going on all around us. We have, and then we have the devil, which we were talking about. So there's this trinity that is working together. There's no division on this. It is under the control of the devil. Now, when the devil fell from heaven, and we're not real sure when that happened, it could have been after the material creation or before. The Bible doesn't really tell us exactly when he fell, but it does tell us that he fell because of pride. Apparently, he was a very beautiful being, and he felt that he could do it just as good as God could. As God could. So what did he do? He said, I'll go up into heaven, I'll dethrone God, and I'll be God. Well, that was an impossibility for him to do that, but he sure tried. There was a person by the name of Saul Levinsky that wrote Rules for Radicals, and he dedicated his book to Lucifer, which is also another name for the devil, and Satan is also a name for him. And so we see the devil as a murderer. He's killing everything that is good and right, holy, the way that it ought to be, you know, that so the society will function properly. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament about about this that I'm telling you about in the book of Isaiah. And so we have him as being that way. The other scripture I want to talk to you about and explain to you a little is John 10.10. 10. Remember last week I talked to you about the abundant life. And so the scripture, the John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes not but for to steal, but to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. This is Jesus talking. So he, the devil, which is a thief, he's a murderer, he's, he'll steal everything he can from you. He'll steal your divinity from you. I'm not your divinity. You're not divine. He'll, he'll definitely won't steal that. You know, there's some people that think 
that we're God and that we're going to uh, have our own kingdom up there and our own planet and we're going to populate the planet and things like that. But no, we're not God and we never will be. But so he can't just steal our divinity, can he? Because we don't have any. We're not divine beings. We are made in the image and likeness of God, but that's not talking about our, us being divine, uh, being gods. But he comes to distill our virginity, is what I'm trying to say. He'll, and this is one of the things that the devil likes to do, is to take our take sex and pervert it. And we see that an awful lot. We see that happening a lot today, and we'll we'll talk more about that as we get into the program. But, you know, the enemy, the devil, is out to devour every one of us. He's out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to have part of something like that. I would a lot rather have part in the Lord Jesus Christ that has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. It's time for our first break. I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and this is Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. At this time, we want to take Genesis chapter 3 and we want to show an example of how the devil operates. And so we're, we're taking Genesis chapter 3 and I'm going to read down a few verses here. To give you an idea, um, before I do that, let me tell you that the devil is also referred to as the serpent. And so it says here in Genesis chapter 3, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, which was Eve, Yea, has, has God said... You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, this is the first thing that that uh, Eve should have been thinking about. You never argue with the devil. If the devil comes to you, just say, depart from me, Satan, or uh, the Lord rebuke you. But you never argue with the devil because the devil is very cunning and he most certainly can outdo you in your arguments. He can turn your mind around and you will think that black is white and white is black or whatever, you know. He's good at it. But the woman uh, kept listening. And then he said, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree, trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, here's another thing. 
the Lord didn't say anything about touching the fruit. He said, just eat the fruit. So you see, the devil's already got her messed up. So she went a little beyond what God told him her to do, because the Lord said, you shall not eat of the fruit, and the day that you eat of it, you'll die. So she's going down the road to destruction, which the devil had in mind all along, to this serpent. And then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. That was a big fat lie, wasn't it? The Lord said you would. The devil likes to tell people that God's lying to you. God doesn't care for you. He just wants his way all the time and so on and so forth. But so here the woman's still listening. The woman should have taken off. But then she said, uh, for God, and then he goes on to say, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So she already knew good and evil. So he he's shading the area, you see. This happens so many times when we're tempted. We lose track of reality, sort of speak. And this is what was happening to Eve. The devil was shifting her around. When he said, God will not do this to you, that should have been a red flag for Eve. Because when God speaks and says something, he means what he says, and he says what he means. But then when then the woman saw that the tree was good for food, you could eat it, it was good for food, and a tree desired to make one wise... She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. So the woman saw that it was good for for food, and it was present for the eyes. It looked good, and then it was something that would make you wise. She was wise enough. She didn't be made any wiser. But you notice what he did? Hey, this is something good for your stomach for your flesh. So he attacks through the flesh. And then he, he says to her, uh, it looks pleasant to the eyes. And so, you know, it, it kind of looks nice. And how many times does the devil try to tell people how nice sin looks? Just try it. It won't do you any harm. And he knows full and well that it will. And it was something to make her wise. She didn't think about I'm going to be God-like. The truth of the matter is, in a sense, we are God-like. We're not God, but we're God-like because we're made in God's image and likeness. She kept going down this road until there was no turning back. She reached over and took the fruit. And sure enough, what God said is exactly what happened. Some people will say, well, she didn't drop or dead. She died spiritually. Take a look at the rest of this chapter. And in the day that she ate that, she died. And the day that Adam ate that, the moment, because it says their eyes were opened all right. You know, the devil tells a half-truth. He likes to take the truth and pervert it by taking the truth and then making a half-truth. So their eyes were open, 
But when their eyes got opened, it wasn't exactly what they thought it was going to be. The devil had lied to them. You see, he's the father of lies. And said they went out and they knew they were naked. Before that, they didn't know. Some say that they were surrounded with the glory of God, and that was their covering. And when they left God out, when they shoved God aside, when they were disobedient to him, there was no more covering, so they were naked. They knew it. And they sowed fig leaves. How many times does people try to patch up their sins by being good or something else uh, to call God's attention to the fact, hey, I really want to do right, and we don't do it God's way. But then God showed up on the scene, and he he said to his wife uh, and to Adam, he said, Adam, where are you? The Lord knew where Adam was at. He just wanted Adam to know where he was at. And so we we see this bad situation, and we find that Adam says, well, I took that fruit. The Lord asked him if he did, and he said, yeah, I did. The woman whom you gave me, she gave it to me. How many times do we want to pass the blame off on someone else rather than taking responsibility for what we've done? So he said, uh, she she gave it to me. How many times have we tried to say the devil made me do it? Well, that's not exactly right either. The devil can't make you do anything if you don't listen to him. So they knew they were naked. And so the Lord asked the woman and said, well, what did you do? And she said, the serpent made me do it. So she said, the devil made me do it. The Lord didn't even ask the serpent. He knew the rest of the story. He knew it all along. So, you see, that that's the way the devil operates. But to show you the boldness of the devil, I want to go over to show you how the devil tempted Jesus. Now, Jesus is the Son of God. We might look at this um, Genesis account as paradise lost. And if you know uh, John Melton and his paradise lost, but Jesus regained the paradise. And we'll find this out in Matthew chapter 4 and starting at the first verse. Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse number 1. And we'll carry this over into the second part as well, but we'll get it. We'll get into a little of it before we before we go for our next break. It said, uh, when Jesus had been tempted, then he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. I mean, when he had been baptized, he led into the was led into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted of the devil. One thing Jesus had to do is overcome the devil. Jesus was going to be the second race, the second Adamic race. And so he had to overcome the devil. The first ones did not. They were taken in, and as a result of that, sin came into the world and left us in a 
terrible condition like we are today. Where, you know, it's it's easy for people to fall into the traps of the devil. If we're not prepared, we're also going to not just give you the problem here, but we are going to show you how to get prepared and and to overcome the uh, wiles of the devil, as the Bible talks about. But I want to show you that you can overcome the the wickedness of the devil. You can have victory in him. And Jesus is our example. We're going to find out after the break here that he is our perfect example of how to overcome the devil when he comes tempting you. Jesus was led of the devil. I mean, he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. And he was there for 40 days and 40 nights without food. And so here he is in a weakened state. And that's another thing. The devil likes to get you when you're in a weakened state. It's time for our next break. I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and you're listening to Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. This is Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water. I appreciate you staying with us, and I'm trusting that this is a productive time for you, and it'll be a help to you to when the temptations come, when the enemy comes in like a flood, remember God has a standard that he lifts up against him. And when we are new creatures in Christ Jesus, as I've been telling you in some of these, then you have an inner brace. You don't have that enemy on the inside. You're a new creature in Christ, and you're able to overcome. Jesus is our perfect example, as I was telling you about before the break. So let's take a look at another story. We saw the tragedy in the first one that we saw as Eve did not protect herself against this enemy, and she fell. And any time we think that we're kind of big enough that we can do it on our own, we'll fall every time. That's what is wrong with a lot of our nation and a lot of our world today. Way back there, like I've said a few times, uh, people said we don't have a deity to save us. we got to save ourselves. I think we're doing a miserable job of saving ourselves. I don't know what you think, but it sure looks like a miserable job to me because God has a much better thing for us than what we have. But we find here in Matthew 4, and starting in verse 1, where we found that uh, Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And then we see that he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and then he was hungry. I don't think he'd get hungry a lot sooner than 40 days and 40 nights, but he'd be really hungry by that time, wouldn't he? Can you imagine that? There are not very many people in this world that fast for 40 days and 40 nights. I, I know of uh, uh, one at least, and no doubt there are others, but 
that is quite a sacrifice to do that. So Jesus was in a weakened state. And remember that Jesus is perfect God and perfect man. Jesus had uh, never sinned, and he doesn't sin, never will. But says when the tempter came to him, he said, If you be the Son of God, command these stones to may be made bread. Now, Jesus could have done that. Jesus is the Word of God. The Bible tells us over in John 1 and 1 and 2. So he could have did this. It's not an impossibility. But he said, if you're the Son of God. Jesus doesn't have to prove that he's the Son of God. So what did he do? He quoted Scripture to him. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the way to overcome the devil when he comes to you. Wave the word of God in front of him. He can't resist that. So, Jesus overcame that temptation. Now, that was for the body, wasn't it? That was just like in Eve. That food looks pretty good to eat. It can be eaten. Go ahead and eat it, you know, is what the devil was saying. So he did that for him first thing. Then the devils took him up into into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest at any time you dash your foot against the stone. This is the reason why you need to understand the Bible quite well. It's so easy to take scriptures out of context. And when you're facing the devil, and he is tempting you with everything that he's got, and he doesn't have any restraints, he'll do everything he can to trip you up. He just might quote the scriptures to you. But it turns out, if you go and look at this scripture, and it's in Psalm 91 verse 11. If you go read it, and you read it, what's here, you'll find out that he misquoted it. The devil misquoted the scripture to Jesus. But did Jesus give a dissertation to the devil and say, now look, you misquoted that, maybe you better try it again? No, he said, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So he hit him with the scripture again. Don't try to argue with the devil. Now, sometimes he'll misquote things, and he'll do that in order to get you into an argument with him. Don't do it. You you won't win. Just quote the scripture to him. So Jesus said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So, again, the devil lost. And then it says the devil uh, takes him up into an exceeding high mountain. And he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he says to him, all these things will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. Now, that's what the devil wanted to do all the time. He wanted people to fall down and worship him. And, you know, this is not any good. Do you want to worship a tyrant? Do you want to worship someone that's your enemy? It's out to destroy you. 
There's a lot of people doing that today. They think they'll beat it. You won't beat it. So he says, you just fall down and you worship me. Um, another scripture says, these, all these things have been given to you. Um, and so that's all you need to do is worship me. Now that is pretty brazen. If the devil would do it, a trick like this to the very Son of God, to God himself, really, because Jesus, like we said, was God in the flesh, do you think he's not going to try to pull something like that on you? What did Jesus do? He quoted the scripture again. He said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So he quoted scripture to him again. That's the reason why it's so important to have the word of God, not just in a book, but to have it in your heart. David said a long time ago, your word have I hid in my heart that I not sin against you. So this is what we got to be thinking of is hiding God's word in our heart that we not sin against God. Memorize it. Have it ready. You never know when the devil is going to try to pull a trick on you. It could be day, night, or any time. And so always be ready. Be alert. Don't feel like that you are on pins and needles because the Bible tells us that greater is he that's in you than he that's of the world. And when the devil comes in like a flood, when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will lift up a standard against him. So don't feel like that you have to just be walking on eggshells all the time because you don't. Because God knows what's going to happen to you before it even happens. And we also have a Bible verse that, that tells us that God will not allow us to be tempted above we're able, uh, above what we are able, but will with that temptation also make a way of escape. Now, this is shown very well, too, in the Bible, where it talks about, you know, that uh, Dave, that uh, Joseph in the Bible, and he was thrown in prison unjustly, and uh, but his master's wife wanted him to have a relationship with her, and she kept pestering him day in and day out, and he never yielded. And so she grabbed his clothes one time. What did he do? He took off as quick as he could. He ran from the situation even left the coat in her hand. And then she came, you know, she said, uh, well, here's that Jewish person that you brought into to our household, and, and he tried to, to force me, and I screamed. I don't think she did much screaming. That was a lie again. You know, the devil, that's all he knows how to do is lie. And uh, the devil was using this woman, to get at Joseph, because Joseph was a man of God. He loved God more than he loved everything else. And that was his explanation. I can't do this and sin against my God and, and sin against my master. Um, that's what we need to think about.
So you see, you can overcome. God will let you overcome if you're willing to do so. But don't play, don't play with the devil. If you try to outfox him, outdo him, you'll lose every time. And I believe I'm talking to people right now that maybe know what I'm talking about. They've lost a lot of things. The devil, you know, comes as a thief, and he comes, what does he do? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. He'll come to you also as an angel of light. He doesn't always come as a roaring lion. He comes... And he has ministers that do that. They come as an angel of light as well. And so he has the other side. He acts like he's your friend. Just just uh, let's be friends. Whatever you ever do, do not be a friend of the devil. And if you are today, if you are worshiping the devil, then I'll assure you that you'll end up where the devil is going to end up at. And that's not a pleasant place. They refer to it as hell. Hell, fire, and brimstone. That's where the devil wants to take you. Like I said, the devil hates the human race. And he's going to do everything he can to break you down, to steal from you, to steal your respect, to steal your favor with God and man. He's going to steal your mind. He's going to do all kinds of things against you. He might act like your friend. He might convince some people that he is your friend, but he, you're not going to be able to be a friend of your enemy. So we see this thing happening all around us. We see people that are taken in by the devil. We saw Adam and Eve. They were perfect people. You know, the Bible, I mean, people say, well, if I just lived in a perfect environment, I'd be all right. Adam and Eve was in a perfect environment, and they fell because they didn't rebuke the devil from them, didn't tell him to leave. We're not in a perfect world today. We're handicapped from what Adam and Eve were, and if they fell, how much more do we think that we could fall as well. So we're ready for our our break. I'm Howard Eugene Wright. You're listening to Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Welcome back. We appreciate you coming and staying with us down to the very last here. And we trust that what we've been saying to you will be of great assistance to you, that you'll be able to live a more victorious life, realizing that you do have an enemy out there that is trying to trip you up, and that enemy is working through people as well, even uh, people who have not accepted the Lord as 
as their Savior and, and allowed him to be the Lord of their life, uh, they can be used to the devil just as well. And also, we can f- see that Christians, if they're not careful, they can be used of the devil. They can say things and do things that they wish they never had before, and the devil can take the most innocent thing and use it against other people. So we need to be careful that we love one another to the extent that we're willing to do what's right on their behalf, even if it is a sacrifice for us, we're willing to sacrifice our thinking and our whatever we need to in order for to be a blessing to people. It's so easy to say the wrong thing or to put our foot in the mouth, our mouth, so to speak. And so we we need to be careful. There is an enemy out there. And he is going as a roaring lion, like we said, and he comes as an angel of light. He is the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that's now working in the children of disobedience. He is out there to destroy everyone, out to take everything he can from you. Christians are willing to give anything they can. God wants to give you all the good things of life. All good gifts and perfect gifts comes from the Father, comes from the Lord Jesus, comes from having a a loving relationship with Him. And if we don't have that, especially in this day where it seems like there's so much lawlessness and so much sin on every side, it's so easy to fall into that. We can have the wrong kind of friends and, and all of these things, and when we do, we can find ourselves falling into things that we know we shouldn't. We are guilty, we feel guilty, and it can be a downward trend because once we mess up, then the devil will jump on us and he'll say, oh, look at that, you call yourself such a good person, look at that miserable thing that you've done, and he'll keep on romping on you and romping on you until he would even make you commit suicide if he'd get by with it, and some, in some cases he has. So we can't allow the enemy of our souls to have one little corner, one little thing. In order to have victory, we've got to give everything to God. We can't hold anything for ourselves, because if we do, we're going to find ourselves tripped up by the devil one way or another. A lot of people don't even realize they're tripped up by the devil. One of the things the devil likes to do is give people visions. Every world religion that we have is through some kind of a vision that they had. And they assume that it's God that's giving them the vision because, I, you know, I told you, he comes as an angel of light to deceive. And so he comes and he loves to play like that he is Gabriel. And so we have religions that have been established by a vision. Be careful with visions. That vision may or may not be from God. And every vision that you have, check it out. The Bible tells us to try the Spirit to see whether they're of God or not. And it's very much needed today that you try the spirits. The Bible tells us that every spirit that 
says that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is from God. But every spirit that denies that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, then he's not of God. And how many do we have? Just take a look at all these visions that have brought people into a whole religion. Some of those religions are older than Christianity. There's everything from Buddhism to you name it. But in more recent times, we've had Muslims and Muhammad had a vision, you know, and he was scared to death. And so his wife had to prove to him, oh, no, this is not the devil. But the truth of the matter, it, it was the devil. And if uh, you want to contest, con you want to say that's not true, if you want to talk to me, we're at Talk Zone, uh, and it's the number is 888-463-6748. You may call me and talk to me in these last few moments. We don't have an awful lot of time, but I don't want to give you... Uh, I want you to have an opportunity to say something if you want to. But look at Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith had a vision. And this is supposed to have been a, a person, you know. Uh, you know, one thing ended up to the other, and whole religion came out of that. And a lot of, a lot of times we find that the devil gives visions. Another example of that is in the Bible. Jacob, I mean... Uh, Job was turned over to the devil for a while. And one of his so-called comforters said, I had this vision. It was terrible. I just couldn't hardly stand it. And he said, it, it came up and it said so-and-so. And what it said wasn't from God at all. The Bible even tells us that if we have a prophet that comes and he tells us something is going to happen. One, if it doesn't happen, it's not from God. And number two, if it, if he tells you to worship any other God except the Lord God of glory, then that's not of God either. So, again, you've got to be very careful with prophecies. A lot of people prophesying this and prophesying that today. If that prophecy is that person is prophesying, even though he calls himself a prophet of the Lord, if that doesn't happen, then you know it isn't from God. Or if he leads you astray ever so little into not worshiping God and serving God completely, you can also be assured that that's not from God either. So you need to check these things out to be sure that you're not being deceived by the devil. You can know whether it's from God or not. And the thing is, God will never, he'll never contradict his word. If it's not a part of the Bible, if it's contradicting something in the Bible, you can be assured that that is the devil trying to get at you. And sometimes the devil will try to tell you, well, that doesn't apply to you. That applied back there. Uh, during the 
the Israelite days. So don't worry about the, what the Old Testament says. That doesn't apply to you. But it does apply to you. The whole Bible, the Bible is our operation manual in order to, for us to have spiritual victory. We've got to, like I've said, hide God's word in your heart that you not sin against Him. And so, may this be a blessing to you today. May you real, be more careful, not just to follow anything that comes along, and then you find yourself in a place that you shouldn't be. God doesn't want you there. The Bible tells us, in, and Jesus is talking again, He said, Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And when we're born of, of the Spirit, when we're born of God, we're a part of God's family. And it's God's good pleasure to give us all the good and gracious and wonderful things. But if we allow ourselves to be trapped by the devil or led by people who are not from the Lord, you'll never have those rivers of living water that I'm telling you about. You'll always be in a state of confusion or near confusion. And you'll never have the uh, witness of the Spirit that you are one of God's children. Everything will be kind of foggy as far as spiritual life is concerned. But if you'll just let go and let God have his wonderful way with your life, you'll, I can assure you that it'll be the best life that you can possibly live. And God will help you to overcome every temptation that comes your way. I believe we're pretty close to the end of our talk show today. I trust that you will start thinking about uh, calling in. This is a talk show. I'm giving you all the information I can, the best I can, and doing all I can to help you. But I want you to call in. So think about next week calling in and being a part of this talk show. This has been a wonderful time with me and and I trust that you'll come back with us next week at the same, same time, same place. This, so this is signing off uh, the Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. <laughs>